0: Look again and read those verses with me tonight, verse 33 and 34. The Bible says, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves? By the way, how many of you know Jesus already knew the answer to that question? He always does. But they held their peace. Why would they do that? They were ashamed. For they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. I suppose that if we were to look into our politics of today, we would see that there's a lot of men and women who hunger for power. I think there are some public servants who desire with all their heart just to, to serve people. They love people and they want to serve people, but there are so many more that just have a hunger and a thirst for power. And, and that that's, comes from a heart of pride. We see sometimes we get angry about the silliest things. We used, to, uh, we used to notice with our, our son, Austin, that he would get so up and nobody could laugh at him. You could, he could laugh at you or you could, he could pick on you, but you didn't dare. If he fell down or something, you didn't laugh at him. Now, I'm talking when he's five and six, all right? Give him a break. And he's just a little kid, but he'd be saying, don't laugh at me. That's pride in the heart of a child. And sometimes our pride gets the best of us, and you all know somebody that that it's okay if they pick on you, but you don't dare pick on them. You don't tease them back. They have a thin skin, we say, but really, it's pride, isn't it? When we can't laugh at ourselves, when we take ourselves too seriously, when we think we are something more than we really are. You know what the Bible says about us? We are feeble and frail as dust. And your life is but a vapor. We are here for a purpose, and that purpose is to bring glory to God. And by the way, he will not share that glory with another, as Satan found out, when in pride he exalted himself and thought that he would lift himself up to be like God. I want you to notice some things quickly tonight, and I won't keep you long. I, I see the time. I think the Lord has ministered to us already, but let's, let's spend some time in the Word. Notice, first of all, pride displayed. Pride displayed. These men displayed their pride, didn't they? He came to Capernaum and, being in the house, he asked them, "What was it that you disputed among yourselves?" By the way, and they held their feet, peace. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, "If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all." And he took a child. And sent him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he saith unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. You know, as the disciples are wandering behind the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're, they're speaking in the way, and, I, and I, have, I have an idea that it maybe got a little bit heated Maybe Peter thought he was better than John and maybe James thought he was better than John and, and they argued back and forth that who would be the greatest and the Lord Jesus Christ knew what was in their hearts and he saw what was going on and so he finally asked them, what are you disputing among yourselves? They did not want to answer. but The Lord knew their hearts and he began to answer them anyway. You know, this wasn't the first time or the only time their pride was on display. In the same chapter, we see the disciples just from last Sunday in the passage before that the, the, the disciples were unable to cast out a demon from a child. He said, well, what's that got to do with pride? The Lord Jesus Christ rebuked them and he said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? In other words, you're relying upon yourself the disciples said, come to that little boy, and I don't know what wording they used, or how, what, what uh, ritual they did, or how they might have prayed, or if they used any animations with their hands, or whatever they had seen the Lord Jesus do, they were, they were trying with that little boy, and they, they said, come out of him, I rebuke thee, and they were trying to cast out those demons, but in their flesh, they failed, the Lord Jesus Christ would reply to them in Mark chapter 9 when they asked, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus said in verse 28, and when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast them out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. What is he saying? You need to seriously learn how to rely on me. You need how to, uh, to get rid of your flesh. Deny yourself and you need to learn how to rely upon me if you're going to have some spiritual power. And so their pride had been on display before and it would be on display again, look if you will, in Mark chapter 10. We'll jump ahead just after the passage I preached on this morning and look at verse 35. Now, by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ rebukes the disciples in Mark chapter 9. If you're going to be the greatest, you need to learn to be the least. We'll look at that in a moment. But notice what he says in verse uh, 35 of chapter 10. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him saying, Master, we would that you should do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Can you imagine the nerve? Lord, we want you at our beck and call. We want you to do whatever we ask. The Lord humors them. He says, and he said unto them, what would you that I should do for you? What is it you would like? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on the right hand and the other on the left hand in thy glory. I won't read the rest. The Lord Jesus Christ goes on to say, that might be possible. Those positions are not for me to give. They, They are given by the Father. But I've got to go through a baptism that you don't want to be baptized of. He was speaking about his death on the cross. And they said, oh, we're willing to follow you. And he says, well, you will be baptized. You will die for your faith. But those places are not for me to give. Can you imagine as the 12 disputed among the way, and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And the Lord Jesus Christ rebukes them. And now the Bible says James and John, they must, they must have thought, okay, Lord, you, you were talking to the other 10. You couldn't mean us. I mean, we're part of your, your top three guys, right? Peter, us. You know, we're we're your favorites. And so Lord, tell us, can we sit at your right and can we sit at your left when we come into the kingdom? Their pride was on full display. And I want you to notice some things about their pride. Number one, it was rooted in their desires. Notice something we see in verse 35 of chapter 9 and verse 35 of chapter 10. Look there with me. And he sat down and called the 12 and saith unto them, if any man desire to be first. Look at verse 35 of chapter 10. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him saying, Master, we would that ye, thou shouldst do for us whatever we shall what? Desire. They had a heart problem. The Lord pointed it out to them in Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 9, verse 35. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 35, they just come out and admit it. Lord, whatever we desire, that's what we want. How many of you ever heard somebody say, well, you need to follow your heart? The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. You now not follow your heart. It scares me sometimes. I understand what he's saying, but when a preacher says, well, I'm just gonna speak from my heart. Yikes. That dirty black old thing. No, speak from the word of God. Speak from God's heart. Because the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked and and, and we are deceived every day by our heart. And the Bible says that this pride was rooted in their desires. They said, Lord, Jesus says, "If if you desire to be first, here's what you need to do. You need to be a servant of all. And James and John unashamedly came to him and said, Lord, give us whatever we desire. They had a heart problem. Our pride is rooted in our desires But I want you to see it was also revealed in their demeanor, their behavior. Eventually, the desires of their hearts came to the surface. It's funny how James and John and Peter and the rest, when they were bouncing around in the bottom of the boat, they were crying out, Lord, save us. Do you care not that we perish? When when things were going bad and the crowd wanted to have them killed and they were questioning whether they should still follow the Lord Jesus Christ, But now they thought they were big stuff. And it became to come out in their behavior. Listen, pride will always surface itself eventually. We must be careful to keep that in check. It was rooted in their desires. It was revealed in their demeanor. But it results in our demise. Consider what the Bible says. Psalm chapter 10 and verse 4. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. You know, pride will cause a man to replace God with self. He'll elevate himself to the place of God. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom, Proverbs 13.10, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom, Proverbs 16.18, pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall, Proverbs 29.23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Listen, I'm not talking about the pride crowd out there today, I'm talking about the house of God. It should not surprise us that the world has pride in their sin. But it's a shame unto the child of God. The Bible says when we humble ourselves and resist the devil, he will flee from us. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Pride cometh before destruction. So we see, first of all, their pride displayed. I want you to see, secondly, from this passage, the principles detailed. Look at verse 35. And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and the servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. What is the Lord Jesus Christ trying to teach with this little child? I want you to notice, first of all, the spirit of compliance. The spirit of compliance. What is compliance? The word compliance means this, a readiness or willingness to comply to the wishes of others. It takes humility. In the culture, as I brought out this morning, children were a heritage of the Lord. Children were the joy of the Lord. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Children were something to be desired. And if a family did not have children, it was a reproach upon them. And we remember Hannah praying in the temple and weeping so much that she couldn't even form words because she so badly wanted a son that would serve the Lord. Children were important, but they also had their place. In the Bible, as we read it, we find that the younger is to serve the elder. That in that culture of that day, that though children were cherished and treasured, they still were to be seen and not heard. They were to to be a blessing to the parents, they were to be a help, they were to work and to serve and to to uphold the elders, if you will. They were the lowest of society. Until a Jewish child turned 13, they weren't even considered to, to be literally a person. But at 13, they'd become an adult. Oh, they'd been trained in the word and they were training to be that adult, but they weren't regarded as such yet. And Jesus said, That's who I want you to serve. Make yourself lower than them. That would have been difficult for the disciples to hear. I I don't know if any of them had children. I don't know all their marriage. By the way, Peter Peter was married. You know, they they say the popes don't marry. Peter was married, and he wasn't a pope anyway, but they believe he was. Because Peter, the Bible says, had a mother-in-law. How many of you want a mother-in-law if you don't have a wife? You know what I'm saying. So these men... We're told if you want to be first, if the desire of your heart is to be first, then serve. And he took that child and he placed him in the midst. He says you need to have a spirit of compliance. Willing to serve the least. Willing to humble yourself and obey the principles of God. You know it's easy to serve some people, isn't it? We see somebody come in and we want to be a blessing and we help one another and that's a wonderful thing. Sometimes certain people come in and we go, well, they got themselves into that trouble. You know, if they just would take some advice or if they just would lift themselves up a little bit or if they'd go get a job or if they'd help themselves, we don't always know what's going on though. Jesus just simply said, serve. Serve the least among us. That's the spirit of humility and that's the spirit of Compliance. Jesus said to be compliant or obedient to God, we must be willing to serve the lowest by becoming the lowest. Then we see also the spirit of cooperation in verse 38. John wanted to know a practical application of this teaching. So he said to Jesus, John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name and he followeth not us and we forbade him. Because he followeth not us. He doesn't serve just like we serve. We, we, we didn't, you know, he's, he's out there doing his thing, but it looks a little different because he's not following us. He's not following in line. He's not towing the line just like we are. And um, Well, praise the Lord sometimes. I read these, this, what these disciples were like, and I go, man, I'm glad they weren't like you. And he begins to complain a little bit. But he's trying to test the Lord Jesus Christ. What does this mean practically? When you say serve the least among us, you mean those guys too? You mean that church that doesn't look just like us, or sing just like us, or smell just like us, or whatever you know adjective you want to put on it? They're a little bit different. Jesus, says, yeah, yeah, you need you to serve them as well. Notice the application. But Jesus said, verse 39, Forbid him not. There's no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. We see the spirit of compliance, but we also see the spirit of cooperation. I'm going to tell you something. We start cutting everybody out of our life because they don't agree 100%. You're going to have nobody left. You're going to have nobody left. Underneath the baptistry back here, there's a Tuffy Tote container, a Rubbermaid container, whatever you want to call it. And it has my old sermons in it. And I open them up once in a while and I go, what was I thinking? I don't even agree with myself most days. You ever had a a disagreement with your wife? Don't answer that. (laughs) If you never have, she'll tell you you did. We We are flesh. And because of the fall and because of our flesh, we don't always get along. Lord Jesus says, if he's not against me, he's for me. We need to be careful that we have that spirit of cooperation, but it takes humility. We must humble ourselves. In other words, hey, you can't always think you're always right. You know, it's the truth. My wife and I were just talking about this yesterday. She said somebody uh, called another preacher, a famous preacher. I won't say his name, but you've probably seen him online or on TV. They said he's a heretic. And I said, well, they're probably right. And I said, I, I don't think it's right that they call them a heretic, but here's the truth. Every last one of us are heretics because we're wrong somewhere. And I'm going to get to heaven, and the Lord's going to say, You know, when you preach that message on James chapter 3 and verse 7? That's not what I meant at all. That was heresy. You didn't agree with the Bible. That's because we're flesh. So we ought to be very careful and humble ourselves not exhibit the pride that James and John did. said, Lord, we should sit at your right and your left. We want to be the greatest in the kingdom. And then we see number three, a prophecy declared. Look at verse 42. Understand we're in the same context here. And whosoever shen, shall offend one of these little ones, I, I think that that little child that we find in verse 36 is still sitting on his lap, standing in the midst. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth in me, it is better for him than a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. I want you to notice, first of all, and I'll just say these two things quickly, it was a conditional prophecy In other words, if you do this, then this is going to happen. If if you offend one of these little ones, boy, I tell you what, in the day of judgment, you'd rather have a millstone hung around your neck and cast in the sea than stand before me. You don't want to mess with me. You don't want to mess with my children. So it was a conditional prophecy, but it was a condemning prophecy. The word there, offend, where it says in whosoever shall offend one of these, it means to cause to stumble or to lead into sin. And, and we could go off for an hour about what the world is doing with our children today. Leading them into sin. No child is choosing that life. It's deranged parents in a society that is leading them into sin. But notice the context of the chapter. The Lord Jesus Christ takes this little one. He says, You need to humble yourself and become as a a little child. But we're so proud sometimes that we haven't got time for the kids. And we offend them. We offend them. There's a lady I run into every once in a while that she says, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid at Bethel Baptist Church, and I, I don't even know the time frame or who the pastor was or anything. And she says, you know, one of those Sunday school teachers told me that I, because I asked a question, I was speaking heresy and never to come back to our, your church. And Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe it happened. But something offended her. I can't believe any adult would ever say that to a kid and say, you're, you're speaking heresy. The kid wouldn't even know what that word meant at eight or nine years old. But I believe that she was offended somehow. And it could be just an adult that didn't have the time to answer their question. Didn't care to invest in that child, that young life. And because of the offense, they've now been led into sin. They don't want anything to do with church. Isn't that sad? We need to humble ourselves. We need to lay aside our pride and be served the least among us. Have a servant's heart. My wife wants to kidnap Brienne and keep her here, Brianna, and Mason. I'd like to keep him around too. And what I notice is they have servants' hearts, and that's why—not not not because they're great teachers or he's a great preacher or anything like that. I, you know, they got years ahead of them to gain experience and learn all those things, and they can be learned. Because I get a text last Sunday, he said, Pastor, Brianna and I were talking, is it okay if we go grab the ice cream on carts and have it all ready for church and we'll have it out there? Praise the Lord. I didn't have to ask anybody. I like that. Their, Their pastor and their parents have taught them well to humble themselves. I'm embarrassing them, aren't I? To humble themselves, that's what we need. To do away with our pride, to humble ourselves before God. So how can we summarize all this in one sentence? God desires humble servants who serve in obedience to God's word. When it comes to service to God or to serving others, there's no such thing as doing it our way. We don't have the answers. Don't be puffed up in your pride, but simply go in love and serve. Pride must be destroyed and humility embraced and when pride takes over, we magnify ourselves and, and our own desires. And we will ultimately destroy the next generation. And that's the saddest thing, isn't it? When the young people look up and say, all they care about is them. Would to God that we would humble ourselves and see another generation saved and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be nice to Look down from heaven if the Lord tarries his coming and see the 200th anniversary of Bethel Baptist Church. 300 years. Your great, 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 great grandchildren going to church and singing worship and praising God. Judgment starts at the house of God. This message was not for the world. It was for the disciples of Christ who were elevated in their pride. And Jesus simply says, humble yourselves. Father, we thank you for this time in your word and pray you bless it and help us with it tonight speak to our hearts Lord. keep us in that place we ought to be that we can serve you properly and effectively and so father i pray for the invitation time that you just move among us and help us lord to examine our own hearts to make sure that we are what we ought to be in christ jesus well thank you for it in jesus name amen let's stand as the piano plays and I'm not going to ask you silly questions like, are you humble? Because as soon as you answer that question, yes, you're not. So let's just do business with the Lord tonight. Let's seek him. Let me ask you this. Have you humbled yourself before God and accepted his free gift of salvation? It really is a matter of pride for those who know the truth and say, I can get to heaven on my own. I'm good enough. No sir, no ma'am. We must humble ourselves before God and trust him for eternal salvation. Is there one say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? I just, I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you out, but could I pray for you tonight that the Lord would show you your need of a savior and how we might help you with the word of God to show you how you can be saved the Bible way. Is there one